Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Today, as we look forward to the season that's in front of us, actually we're in the middle of it, but as I mentioned, um, next Sunday's Palm Sunday, I think we need to remember what happened on that day, and that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the king of the universe came in human form and everybody thought that he was gonna overthrow Rome and destroy every physical enemy. But his plan was much greater. And he came, in fact, to be the one who paid the price for every human being that would ever walk on this planet. I mean, the magnificence of that, the, the, I mean, we think about eternity. Well, that's just kind of like it. It's like, how, how can we measure that? How do you identify how many people in these thousands of years have been impacted, have been changed because of that? So this morning, I wanted to do a little bit of a theological study on the mystery of the humanity of Jesus. Uh, You'd kind of think, even though I'm standing here kind of amazed at the plan, uh, there's parts of me that thinks, wow, really, That's, that's the way you chose to do it, and that's when? I mean, I think it's when more than how that kind of throws me for a loop. You'd think that uh, Father God would have made a bigger deal out of Jesus coming. If I were God, I, I think I would have. I don't know how you feel about that. And I'm grateful, thankful for all of you that I am not God. But nevertheless, I look at it and I'm thinking, really? That, that's, the, that's the plan. Yet this not only was the plan, but it was the plan before the beginning of time. Paul said to the Galatians, when the time, I think that's a screen, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be, I often am. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Huh. No, I can can dig that plan. But here's the part that I don't get. The perfect time did not include televisions, newspapers, satellites. If Jesus came to earth in 2022, his every step would have been recorded by the press. Social media would have blown up. I mean, can you just think about that? What would happen if it was in 2022? Every word that Jesus spoke would have been twisted and tested by both the liberal left and the religious right. I mean, you can imagine the headlines. So-called Messiah does it again. (laughs) Jesus miraculously cures 10 cancer patients. How? By saying to them, behold, Story at 11. Have you ever wondered why 33 AD was the perfect 
time on God's calendar? I mean, wouldn't it have been more effective to inaugurate Jesus' ministry on earth in an age of information? I mean, mass communication and international penetration. Why wasn't there more hype and hoopla? Because hype and hoopla are too much like coercion and propaganda. The New Testament describes God's methods through Jesus as humble and meek, not boastful and flamboyant. So the world's Savior was born in a barn, worked as a carpenter, and began his miraculous ministry at a nondescript wedding. He caused plain water to transform into perfect-tasting wine. I'm going to just take a second there. I don't want to cause any confusion, but I just want to make my statement on this. That was real wine. All right, I mean, we're not talking grape juice. That would, that would not be a miracle. Have somebody out back, stomp some grapes, bring it out. No, the miracle of how much time it would have taken to ferment, not only that, to age, and then to be perfect. Yeah, sorry, not trying to be anything anti-Assemblies of God or anything else. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, the miracle was a miracle. And the miracle is much more profound if it was the real deal. So, take that for what it's worth. I don't know what to say. An exploration of the mystery of Christ's humanity must begin with Matthew 1.23, a verse we would have read at Christmas. But it says this, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The divine returns to the realm of his creation for the first time since we were ejected from the garden due to sin. However, when we were in the garden, if I can use that, we, humanity, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were with God, God, the Trinity. Even then, it wasn't necessarily, as I understand it, Jesus, the human, but God sent Jesus in human form so that we could see him for who he is. Like I mentioned a few months ago when I spoke here, I mentioned that a book that was called When the Giant Lies Down, that, that's, that's what it's all about here again. It's about Jesus coming down, getting down on his knees to his creation. He, the giant, and we are getting to relate and he to relate with us. The message in the mystery of Emmanuel is one of comfort. We are not alone. God himself, God, God himself, 
Do you get that? God himself, the living God, the creator of the universe, your creator has made himself available to you, to me. Amid personal crises that are camouflaged by brave faces, all of us sit here consumed in our soup of disaster when Jesus says, peace, be still. He's God. He's in control. So now we have this mystery that Jesus relates to broken hearts and wounded spirits. Let me unpack a few of the mysteries about the humanity of Jesus. The first one, I could have assumed everyone knew this and there was no need to touch on it, but I don't ever make those kind of, well, I try not to make those kind of assumptions because this is the epitome of the gospel. And that is, number one, that Jesus is God. Let me say it again. Jesus is God. There are many who doubt that fact. There are others that say someone else is God, but I am here to proclaim that Jesus is God. Well, let's be clear about that fact. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will always be God. The nature of the triune God is chocked full of mystery that I will leave for <laughs> Pastor Gill or some other communicator <laughs> to unpack. Uh, but Look at Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8 with me. And it reads, Although he was in the form of God and equal with God, he did not take advantage of this equality. Instead, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This particular piece of the mystery that Jesus is God is unveiled in three ways. Perhaps more, but I just chose three to kind of unpack a little bit today. The first is that this person, Jesus, is 100% God while simultaneously and mysteriously being 100% man. Okay, it's a mystery. See, that's kind of the point. He is 100%. Everybody say 100%. 100%. Okay, 100% God, while also being 100% man. That is a mystery. 
I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't try to understand it. You should. I'm just hinting at the possibility that you might not ever get your head completely around that. That doesn't make it not true. It doesn't make it not true. It just means we're finite and he's infinite. (laughs) The second piece of mystery in Jesus being God is although equal with God, he made no demands, but instead entirely accepted the limitations and the frailty of becoming human to the point of dying. God, eternal, omniscient, omnipresent, and all kinds of other omnis. He chose to give his life, perhaps somewhere in his spirit, and I'm not trying to understand something that's unfathomable right now. I'm just talking from my heart. Perhaps somewhere in Jesus' mind or soul. He, he knew that he was God and that he knew that he was not going to be eternally gone. But he still was afraid of what death meant. And in the garden, he cried bitter tears, tears that turned to blood as blood seeped out of his sweat glands. And he begged God, if this Cup can pass from me, let it pass. But he said, not my will, not my will, but thine, yours be done. He trusted God. Why shouldn't we? I mean, to me, that just kind of puts it all into perspective. I mean, if Jesus had to and did trust God, then who are we to think that we can do it or make it through difficult times without trusting God? I I, I don't think it's possible, actually. The third piece of that is that not only did he not take advantage of his equality with God, but he also made the mystery even more mysterious. He emptied himself and became a servant. I mean, really, I mean, it's one thing to do what he did coming from heaven to earth. It's one thing not putting on lots of pomp and circumstance, but to become a servant? (laughs) I mean, that says so much about the God that we serve and about who Jesus is really is and why I love him so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for the work that he did, but he claimed that we are his friends. <laughs> I mean, do you get that? Friends, I call you friends. Interestingly enough, he said that, I call you friends, not slaves or servants, yet he came as one. And yet he doesn't call us that. Oh man, how does that happen? Why? I don't know. 
I wish I could give you more clarity on that, but all I know is that it's true. You are called friends. If, in fact, you choose to accept what he came to do and he did it for you, that's all anyone ever has to do is believe that Jesus is the Christ that he died on the cross for our sins and we could not get to heaven or be forgiven without accepting that amazing work that he did. Jesus himself made the statement, I have come to serve, not to be served. However, though he may have given up his divine rights, He did not surrender his divine authority. He was and is still God. That's so hard to keep in check. I mean, we we watch the chosen and we see his humanity and his joking and and drinking some wine at the wedding. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're God. Exactly. It's hard for us to keep that in mind. When he calls us friend, he's not saying that we're the same as him. He's just saying he's our friend. And he has embraced us, accepted us, loved us to the point of being willing to give his life for you individually. I know, that's a mystery. Another mystery of his humanity is that he hung out with sinners. He befriended every kind of sinner, including but not limited to any color, gender, age, race of humans, or any particular pronouns. Yeah. Everyone. You know, generation to generation, we change. You know, things become important, things become less important. The pendulum swings this way, the pendulum swings that way. He's part of it all, and he loves us in spite of all of it. So yes, he loves you. He loves me. Having given up his divine rights and serving the lowest of the low was intended to be alluring, proving that God loved every person personally. Instead, it was seen as weak. They were waiting for a Messiah that brought a different type of deliverance, a salvation that was only for a nation instead of the world. It was about power and authority that delivered freedom from instead of freedom for their enemies. Let me say that again. It was about authority that delivered freedom from. This is what the, the Jewish nation was wanting. They were wanting freedom from their enemy. Jesus came instead to bring freedom for their enemies including themselves. The third 
mystery is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity wanted us to know and understand God. I think understanding is maybe the best skill that we can obtain. At least it's one of them. We need to learn to ask more questions instead of making so many assumptions. It would do us well to move into things that we don't understand and get understanding. And really that is what I, I see God doing for us. He's wanting to give us understanding. Jesus came to make it clear. I, I've, over the years, I, I didn't necessarily used to think this way. I didn't actually sure preach this way. But I have come to believe that God did not need to understand humans. I used to say that, that God came with, through Jesus to understand our condition, to understand our humanity. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice sentiment for humans to believe that God wanted to understand this crazy creation of his. Biblically, though, it is hard to draw that conclusion. Concepts like he knew us before we were born. He saw us being formed in our mother's womb. And he knows what we need before we ask, all lead me to a better conclusion. Our creator wanted us to know and understand him. I think instead of wanting to be understood at this point by God, I think you would do yourself a favor if you changed your direction and decided that you were going to understand. Paul proclaimed, I want to know God and make him known. It's about understanding. It's about relationship. It's about insight. It's about gathering the truth and saying, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Jesus did just that. He can reveal God. Why? Why can Jesus reveal God? Because he is God. He did not point to truth, but instead proclaimed it. He said, I am the truth. He did not identify a path or paths to God. He said, I am the way. When Jesus asked his disciples, who people were saying he was, their answers reflected the public's confusion, the public's prejudice, and just like today, fake news. When Jesus asked them for their response, Peter quickly spoke up. Do you remember what he said? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. <laughs> wow. I mean, no wonder we like Peter. I mean, you know, it's just like, he just got it. 
I know he didn't get everything, but he got that and he wasn't afraid to say it. So who do you say Jesus is? I mean, next Sunday, Palm Sunday, are we just gonna be part of the crowd that says, oh yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, let's make him king. Only to be those that stood under his cross and said, crucify him. I, I know, it, it, that's a mystery. We are mysterious. <laughs> how, how can that be? I, I don't know. But I'm confident that if I would have been there, I don't know. I would like to think I would have been Peter, but more likely I'd have been in the crowd. So who do you, who do you say Jesus is? Is he the originator of a religion? Is he yet another in a pantheon of other gods? Is he a good man and a teacher, a prophet, a prophet sent by God, but only human? You know, there are a lot of religions. Most religions acknowledge Jesus as somewhat either divine or of in fact, a great man, a great teacher, a great leader, almost everyone. But is that all he is? You're right, buddy. I heard, did you hear that little, no? <laughs> or is he the son of the living God, the lamb who takes away the world's sin? the one and only way, truth, and life. I know that final statement is not one that's popular in our polytheistic culture. Everyone wants to believe that who they look at as God is fine and dandy. We're all, no, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rigid or rude or, 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 or anything else, contemptuous or condescending. I, I'm just saying the truth is that Jesus is God and that he came as a human so that we could understand God. Do you understand <laughs> I, it seems appropriate that in this final moment, if I could just ask everyone to close their eyes, just not because there's anything super spiritual about closing your eyes, but I just want this to be a moment where you're alone with Jesus, okay? Just you and him. And he is asking you, so, friend, who do you say that I am? I'm not going to make a big deal about those of you that know him, that have received his sacrifice on Calvary, that has embraced you and given you salvation, but I do want to find out if there's anyone here that would like to make a statement today that perhaps previous to this morning, you weren't sure who Jesus was and whether or not he is who he says he is,
that he is God and that you would like to get that record straight. That today is the day that you want to say, I believe in the son of the living God. I accept his work on the cross to take away my sin and I want to be with him forever. And only by accepting that work can I be with him. If you're here and it wasn't clear or you have never really made that proclamation that you say Jesus is the Christ and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, if there's anyone here today that just wants to say, Tim, I guess I'm not as sure as I thought I was, or I'm not sure at all, or I just thought he was one of the rest of all of them. But you're saying it's only him. Yep, only him. Is there anyone here that wants to make that proclamation in your heart, in this place, right now? Just put your hand up in the air. Just say, yep, that's me. I want to do that. I haven't done that. I, I desire to do that, and I want to be ready. Is there anyone? So we've done our job as a church? Good. Everybody's ready? Awesome. Then remember this, that Jesus is your friend and he wants to comfort you today, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what chaos you're involved in, no matter, no matter what kind of pain you are enduring, Jesus is close. He is near because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Father, thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't expect to be so overwhelmed by that today. It is amazing. Mysterious, yes. Profound, yes. Exciting. Remarkable. So thank you, Father, for having a plan to redeem us, your lost creation rebellious and independent and foolish as we have been, you valued us. You fought for us. You died for us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And may the heart of gratitude remain in us, hopefully forever, but especially as we enter into this season of remembrance. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for calling us friends, not enemies, not servants, not slaves, but friends. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.